0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sharing the Journey for December 2020. I'm here today with Dale, who has quite an inspiring story to share. So let's just start. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself currently, and then we'll jump into all the questions.
1: Okay, so... uh... Currently, we live here in the Tri Cities. I'm married. I've been married. Just celebrated 20 years of marriage this year. Um, We've got two kids, Bryson and Aaron, um, both who have actually who are impacted with disabilities. Um, Bryson has Down syndrome. He will be 18 in March, and um, Aaron was diagnosed with autism. He will be 16 in February. So, um, I currently uh own and operate a, a business here in the tri-cities and alicia is um a special ed teacher oh very cool okay. yeah, well she's a pair right now she's she's going to school for her uh credentials but uh she will be and she works in a special ed uh, class right now so
0: cool okay cool. yeah okay so we have a lot to get into um, so so let's start at the beginning tell me a little bit about your family growing up and um, any early influences on your faith
1: growing up I uh, my dad uh, left when I was I think 18 months old or something so it's just me and my mom and uh, my Mom, uh, was not saved growing up and, um, my influence, my biggest influence in my life has been, and all, probably always will be my aunt and uncle. So my mom's sister and brother-in-law, um, they have, they have been just a consistent, um, source of, uh, following the Lord and trusting him and um, have always pointed me in his direction and always just seemed to have the words of wisdom that I needed. Um, And so, I mean, I've, they've been my constant beacon of, uh, you know, since early on into today, I, he's, uh, my uncle's the pastor at my church and, um just a great great man who I admire a lot and and so um we were blessed enough in 10 years ago I think to move from southern oregon to here um the circumstances weren't that weren't wonderful why we had to move here but we got we made our way up here and and since then it's just been so great to be close to them and be around them you know weekly and and uh, just strengthen that relationship. And so I, without a doubt, it's my aunt and uncle.
0: Cool. Oh. Okay. So you um, kind of, oh, I'm echoing. Oh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so going on, tell me a little bit about your teenage years.
1: So long teenage long years, years um, <laughs> uh, I was, uh, growing up, I played sports, every sport, didn't matter, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, whatever, um, loved sports, uh, excelled at it, um, and um, as my skills uh became a little more honed in in basketball my height uh started catching up and I started really excelling in basketball um and in eighth grade I found myself on a traveling basketball team and AAU and I was getting recruited by colleges for um uh, at that point in my life, I lived in Eugene, Oregon, and I was getting recruited by colleges locally and um, nationally. Um, and uh, just very exciting time. And uh, so the summer before my freshman year, I started going to a park in Eugene where all the, all the good players were going. All the University of Oregon guys would go there. And um, I just felt like that was the best place for me to – continue to get better over the summer before I entered high school so I went down to that park one day and there was a three-on-three tournament down in there and I had brought a couple buddies with me and we played in this tournament and we had uh got to the championship round and we're playing against the team that had won it the year before for the championship. And, uh, so we played them, we beat them and I'd scored all of our points. And one of the guys on the other team was livid. He was yelling and screaming at his teammates going crazy. And so we just took off. And about a week later, um, we ran into this same guy that had gotten upset and he invited us to a party. So we went to this party, everybody was in a back room and they were doing drugs and getting drunk and doing whatever. And I was out front playing Nintendo. And uh, the same guy walked out of that back room, and I just kind of gave him the controller because I was, I was done playing, and, and he started trying to pick a fight with me. And I said, look, man, I am 14 years old, you're 18, I'm just trying to have a good time. And he kept trying to pick a fight with me, kept trying to pick a fight with me. I said, look, man, I'm not trying to find anyone, I'm just trying to have a good time. And finally, he went over and he picked up his sweater and uh, everybody just thought he was going to leave and underneath his sweater was a gun and he picked up the gun and he walked over to the couch and he put it to my face and he said what's up now honky you think you're bad now you ain't so bad at the basketball court are you what's up now you think you're bad now and I was just looking at the barrel of the gun and he pulled the trigger and it went click and then he looked over at his friend and his friend made a hand motion to cock it so he cocked it put it in my face and pulled the trigger and it went off And, uh, so that bullet, um, went, went, entered my, my left cheek, um, went up into my head, bounced around, and then it lodged in the back of my head. And so I was obviously rushed to the hospital. Um, they thought I was going to die. Um, the first miracle I guess would be that they told my family or they told my mom, um, go ahead and tell his family that they will not make it in time. Um, he'll be dead by the time they get here. Um, if for some reason, you know, you're, you believe in God and there's a miracle, your son will be brain dead, uh, 80% brain dead and being a wheelchair for the rest of his life. So obviously that didn't happen. Um, and so, But that gunshot left me paralyzed uh, on the entire left side of my body. Um, Deaf in one ear, obviously a traumatic brain injury. Um, They thought I should have eyesight problems, but I don't. Um, And then uh, after that happened, about... um, So that happened when I was 14, Um, about three years later. So I was now a junior in high school. uh, I was uh, running, um, running up to get some food and we cut through a church near my house um, to make 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 it a little quicker. And part of cutting through the church meant you had to run across a freeway. Um, Part of the things that I didn't know, one of the things that I didn't know from the shooting was that I didn't have any depth perception, which means I could see something coming, but I couldn't tell how quick it was getting there in regards to the speed it was going, all that kind of stuff. And so I saw a motorcycle coming, but it looked farther away than it was. As I started running across the road, uh, the closer I got to the divider, the closer it got to me. And right before I got to the divider, I just closed my eyes and he hit me. Uh, my, he hit my, my back leg, my right leg. And obviously I came, fell into the ground. And, uh, that's, uh, That night, they told my mom that if they couldn't get any blood flow to my foot, which they couldn't at that point, they'd have to amputate my foot in the morning. Well, in the morning, they had gotten blood flow to my foot, so they saved it. But over the next, uh, that happened in December. Um, Over the next eight months or so, I had probably 100 surgeries on my leg, if you count the little day surgeries and whatnot. And at some point uh, somewhere messed up, somebody messed up and I got an infection in my leg. And then I got a staph infection on top of the infection. And my orthopedic surgeon came in one day and just said, so here's the skinny. Uh, I can take your leg right now and you can move on with your life or you can keep your leg. And in two years, I probably still have to take it. And I said, take it. Let's just be done with it. So in August, uh, he amputated my leg, and so uh, I became a below-the-knee amputee. Um, uh, other than that, there hasn't wasn't anything really major that happened in my teenage years.
0: <laughs> other than that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I met Alicia when I was nineteen, and we were married by twenty.
0: Wow. So, how did dealing with the disabilities impact your, well, I mean, obviously it impacted your life, but how did it impact your um, faith life?
1: You know, what's interesting is, um, uh, the verse I always love is, I, w- I want to just, I, I know what it is, but I want to read it the right way. Yes. Okay, so. Uh, so the verse is Romans 5.3, pretty common, but it says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, Uh, Patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because of the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So, um, you know, I really struggled with an identity crisis initially. Um, Wondering who am I? Because for so long, my identity was tied to sports and, and friends and, you know, all these things. And in a matter of a second, everything was taken from me. And so um, then I really had to struggle with, well, well, who am I then? If I'm not a, I'm not a sports star, if I'm not this, I'm not that, then, then who am I? And it was my faith that really brought me to understand that I am God's I am a child of God I'm a Christian I'm I've been made for amazing things um and and that could just be to serve him that might be the the amazing thing um but I've been made to to um glorify him with my life and that's what I want to do and that verse um in Romans really just uh Hit me hard when I was probably eighteen years old. Um, after all these things had happened, I just actually I heard it on the Seven Hundred Club, and man, I just went to my Bible. I under I underlined it, of course, and just memorized it. And and just the idea that all these things that happen in our life, um, you know, produce all these produce experience, produce patience, produce hope and it's the hope that we have in christ that makes us um not ashamed and it's just it was just revolutionary to me so those those events obviously had huge impacts on my life um because without those events i i don't have the wife my wife i don't have my kids i don't have all the things now that that mean more than anything in the world to me and so do i Do I wish that those things had happened? No. Would I trade them? No, not at all. Because I love my life. I love my family. I love my God. And I know that, um, I don't blame God for what happened to me. Those were my decisions. Um, you know, we were put on this earth with free will and in in my own free will, I chose to put myself in those situations. And so, um, but but because of those things, I have a greater understanding now for I feel like for um, you know, going through trials sometimes, uh, uh, how that works out. So I think that answers your question.
0: So tell me about your kids and um, how their disabilities impact them.
1: Oh wow. okay. So my kids are amazing. Um, and, uh, are both, um, impact a little bit differently. So obviously with Bryson, um, you know, he has down syndrome, um, and that impacts, uh, along with that came speech at apraxia. So he, he struggles a little bit with, with talking, um, he's smart. Very, 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 very smart, uh, but uh, struggles sometimes with being able to put his thoughts into words. Not because he can, but because the apraxia um, makes it hard sometimes. Um, but he uh, he has some health issues that come along with side so with Down syndrome. But other than that, I mean, he's just a normal seventeen year old. You know, he likes to do his own thing and, and be in his room and watch TV and listen to music. And he likes to hang out with friends and be active and all kinds of stuff. So, um, Aaron actually was just diagnosed with, um, with autism about, uh, either a year, maybe it might've been even two years ago now. Um, so he was a little bit older when he got diagnosed. um, And so he's really embraced it. Um, I think it's really given him a freedom to understand why some things, you know, why things bother him or why things were the way they were um, or, you know, why maybe clothes are itchy or, you know, who knows, but um, why some things uh, impact him the way they do. Uh, it's given him a freedom to understand why. Well, that's because of I have autism, mm-hmm. um, and so he he uh, is just an amazing, amazing kid. He he's super brilliant. He uh, is super musical and um, writes songs and uh, does Christian rap and just really, really talented and. Um, you know, I, to say that this autism doesn't impact him would be silly, but, um, he, uh, has really, I feel like, um, done, you know, therapies that he needed to, um, and done the things that, that have been needed to, to, um, really start to deal with it. So, um, uh, uh, you know, every day is a battle, and so, but we get through the best we can. So, so is so that's that. So.
0: <laughs> is that why uh your wife decided to go into special ed, or was that something she'd always wanted to do, or? Oh my
1: gosh, happen? she met ma- she married me and decided to go into special ed. <laughs> uh, no, no, my wife uh has felt called to that um, her whole life. Okay. So, um, she's a special lady. um, And she was actually going to school for this uh, 20 years ago. And then we had Bryson. And uh, Alicia really felt like um, the first three years of a child's development is super pertinent. Like, that's when all the that's when all the hardwiring goes into the brain, all that kind of stuff. And so she just came to me and said, look, if I stay home with Bryson and put everything I can into him, no matter how he ends up, I'll know I did everything I could. If I don't stay home with him, no matter how he ends up, I'm always going to wonder if I could have done more. And so... Uh, when she um, when Bryson came along, she uh, just stayed home with him and was a stay-at-home mom. And we loved it so much. Uh, uh, by the time he was three, we already had Aaron, and we, she just continued to be a stay-at-home mom. And then uh, she was a stay-at-home mom for many years. She worked some part-time jobs and stuff and did whatever, but she was mostly a stay-at-home mom. And then when we moved here, um, she continued staying home for a little bit, and then she did end up going and getting a getting a job at a hospital, some a hospital and stuff, and was doing that. And then, but she had just been for the last couple of years, been felt very called to back into schooling, to finish up her schooling, to go into um, and you know, uh, to go into something. She we had kicked around the idea of her being a nurse because she would be a great nurse, also um the doors never opened and then we were really praying and just felt like the lord was calling her back to special education and the doors opened right up um she got in immediately um and so she's been going i think she's she i think she's finishing her first term at uh at uh an online college that she's going to and uh all the while in the midst of that they, an opportunity came up for her to go get, you know, um, experience working in a classroom um, right now as a para and in a behavioral classroom. And um, so she transitioned to that about about two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and just loves it, loves it. It's, you know, this, it's, it's, when you're doing a, doing work that Donna has called you to, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like a job. Um, you know uh, doesn't mean it's not hard but it just means that um, it won't break your spirit um, sometimes when you're doing a job that where you're not feeling um, appreciated or you know all this other stuff it can just be like I don't want to go to this job again but she she has really tough days at this at this school but she knows that she feels called to this and so each day she wakes up she's ready to go back so That's kind of the journey of her getting there.
0: Cool. Cool. Okay, let me look really quick at my question file because I'm drawing a blank. So hang on. Okay. So my last. We've
1: probably been going for about an hour. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, I might cut this in half then, but we'll figure it out. Um, so, okay. um, last two questions: How does God's presence in your life make a difference in your daily life now?
1: Oh, I couldn't survive without God's presence in my life. I, you know, with all the jokes going around about 2020, I don't know how people get through. Um, you know, things. You know, all this stuff going on in this 2020. How how they get through, um, heartaches, pains, worries, fears. Um, he's my best friend. So, um, you know, when something happens, uh, uh I just, I merely turn to him. I've done a lot of things, you know, I, took, I had a, made a lot of poor decisions in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes, but, uh, I can always run back to his arms and, 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 uh, that's that's the best place to be is in God's presence and um, you know having uh, uh, knowing that the His love unforgiving and His mercies are new each day. Um, it's what you know. It's what gets me through every day. I mean, uh, you know, we have a very. I don't. I don't say this because I we need sympathy, but. I just say, you know, we've got a very, as too many people, as too many families with disabilities, but we've got a very busy um, and somewhat hectic life dealing with therapies and dealing with medical appointments and dealing with parents who work and dealing with, and and so it can be overwhelming oftentimes. And so um, that's he's my safe refuge for sure.
0: And how have you seen the Lord working in and through you recently?
1: Recently, well, um, you don't you know, have to be recently,
0: I guess, if you want to go back further. Like, but... are you
1: talking in like the last in the last twenty minutes, or
0: <laughs> <laughs> you pick? No, 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 I'm
1: just kidding. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'll tell you one thing: is. Um, uh, It can be, uh, it's been really amazing to watch, uh, my, my son's transition from, um, a dad, uh, from, from me being there, um, uh I don't know what the word is but um, for me telling them what to do all the time and then just getting getting instruction from me to moving into a friendship relationship and uh, and a mentor relationship and coming to me for advice um, for spiritual advice for... And talking about those kind of things. Um, so instead of me just telling them what to do all the time, you know, when they were younger, and disciplining them, now it's more of a now it's more of a mentor relationship where they come and ask me, "What do you think about this?" or "What would you do here?" or da da da. And and so watching uh, my role in their life unfold and and seeing how um you know, that's kind of very you know how God is in my life with uh you know, I can go to him and and uh same type of thing and it's just been it's really um it's really neat. So it's that's been something recently that is uh really um uh really neat to see.
0: Yeah, I bet. Well thank you so much. This has been really great and I think people will be blessed. Oh